Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only. <laughs> I'm glad I got the one, the only. Oh, you get the one, the only, my I friend. I get the one, the only. Tim Ring filling in for Gambo today. What's going on, Ringer? Not much. It's back up February in the Valley Sports, so we thought we would uh, join in the fray. Apparently. Right now, we're speculating in the newsroom that Gambo and Wolf right now are hosting like a politically themed podcast. Yeah, God help us all. <laughs> I mean, God help us all. I mean, the Suns are banged up. The Cardinals are banged up. Wolf and Gambo are banged up somewhere. They're day to day. Hope to get them back tomorrow. Cliff says we're working through it. Yeah, Cliff says we're working through it. We're with their day to day. Well, uh, it's, it's a, a minor thing. It's, it's a, minor a minor thing. Yeah, they're they're day to day. We'll see. You know, we'll we'll see about Gambo's availability tomorrow for this show. No, I, I anticipate that Gambo will be back, but it's always good. Good to have Tim Ring filling in here on this Tuesday. How you been? You've been you've been good. I've been good. Did you I've survived been good. taking all those phone calls. Sunday Dude, night? I'm taking shrapnel on Sunday night. <laughs> now Grealu and Stanton get the worst of it because they're on right after right the game. after the game with yeah. Cardinal talk, and they do a great job, as I always say. Then I come in and. Boy, there's they're still coming hot and heavy. I mean, they are fired up, they are mad, and let's just say a few may be liquored up as well. Well, and you're it, taking the, the Cardinal fans are not happy these days, Burnsy. I don't think I'm breaking any news in that regard. Yeah, we don't need the breaking news sound <laughs> for that. Uh, yeah, they, they, I listened to a lot of your post game show, drive it in, and I, I even texted you at some point. I'm like, man, you are doing the Lord's work tonight, my friend. Well, you are doing the Lord's work tonight. I've I've always said, Burnsy, it's funny. I've been very fortunate in a long career to do a lot of different. Different post game shows, mostly TV. Uh-huh. Before I joined the uh, the good the good folks here, but I've always maintained that it's real easy to do a post game show when when a team wins. But I also have always felt there's a lot of value in a post game show when a team is not doing well because I think fans any it's easy to celebrate, but I think a lot of times when teams are losing. Fans are looking for answers, and they want to commiserate, and they want to know what's wrong, and they want to know how to fix it. So I always thought there was a lot of value in post-game shows, especially with the ability for people to call in when a team loses, as much as when they win. Because I think there's value there to fans, because fans are hurting, they want answers, they want to see where it's going, they want opinions from people, and not just me, they want to hear what the other callers have to say. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm just the traffic cop, you know, and it's so these these last few weeks have been they've been actually the whole season has been an adventure on Cardinals overtime. I don't I don't doubt it. You do a great job. It's good to have you in for Gambo today. We got a full show. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh in, brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Obviously, it's a tough thing to happen. Train so hard to get ready for this season, and then, uh, certainly important to our team. Uh, just a tough blow. Uh, it's easy to say injuries are a part of the game, but it's, you know, it's an unfortunate part that we 
wish a guy like that didn't have to deal with or any player for that matter. So we're just hoping for us to be here to cover. That was Monty Williams pregame yesterday before the Suns went out and lost to the Sixers as part of the opener of a four-game road trip. Uh, 88 points scored by the Suns last night. We'll get into the game and kind of how it played out a little bit later because obviously there, there's some stuff to talk about there. But the news that was broken by Brian Windhorst of ESPN came out this morning. Suns forward Cam Johnson had surgery today that removed part of his meniscus, a procedure that should allow him to return in one to two months. He had a similar surgery on his left knee in 2017 with UNC. Now, I, I'm not a doctor, neither are you, um, but I know doctors and I know enough about this to know that there were a couple of options Cam Johnson had here. One was the shorter option. You know, Lee, mm-hmm. just, just get in there, take a little of that meniscus out, you know, f- screw the long-term ramifications, take a little of that out and get back the quickest. Or option two was to go in there and repair it, like really repair it, but not leave it there and that's going to cost you five six seven maybe even more months he chose the shorter of the options which means he'll be back the soonest well he's oh he's in a contract year and he's 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 going to want to be back he wants to be back on the floor like you yes i am not a doctor but i've actually had the exact same procedure so i can speak with a little bit of an educated look at you you weekend warrior you go you (laughs) blew it out on the playgrounds of chicago baby um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but you know you're essentially right though. I'm not going to add anything medically, but essentially you're right. The two options is if, if they just take the meniscus out, you're back way quicker. If they try to repair it and sew it back together, that process of recovery is a lot longer. Obviously, you hit the nail on the head when you take it out. Obviously, you no longer have that cartilage in your knee, and there could be long-term ramifications uh, there. I can speak from experience. There have not been. So I don't think a professional athlete knock on wood, is going to struggle maybe later in his career because his piece of his meniscus was taken out in November of 2022. So I think, you know, for the Suns basketball-wise, obviously it's great news because if Cam Johnson can get back on the floor in a month or two, uh, that's going to go a long way. So I'm, I'm, I'm... I say glad is the wrong word, but it's 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 good. It's good for the basketball team that Cam chose this route of yeah. recovery because he's going to be back sooner. And, and you said something, and it when we were talking about this yesterday, and we brought this up, but maybe that we didn't quite frame it like this. Uh, really, in retrospect, there wasn't much of a choice here for Cam Johnson. If he had signed a contract with the Suns back in October, I don't know if he would have chosen something different. I'd like to think that he wouldn't have because he knows kind of what's at stake for the Suns this year. But given that this is a contract year for Cam Johnson and he kind of needs to be out there to show some value, it's really not a surprise that he chose the option that had the quickest path to being back on a basketball floor. Now, does it? I would say if Cam Johnson were making $20 million a year, he still would have chosen this route for surgery to get back on the court as quickly. Because of this team? Because of this team. Because and, this because team and, and what this window is right now, what they're asking him to do as part of the window? Yeah, because he's finally got a place in the starting lineup. and he, <clears throat> excuse me, he was just starting to gel. He had a 29-point game the other night, a career high. Uh, so he was just starting to assimilate himself into that starting lineup. I thought they were playing pretty good basketball. Uh, the Portland game the other night, notwithstanding, clearly last night, we'll get into that, there was there were all kinds of problems with oh, the Suns all sorts of problems. Uh, offensively being shorthanded the way uh, they were. But yeah, I think uh, Cam, Cam Johnson Cam Johnson's improving this starting lineup 
a step up from Jay Crowder. I don't think there's any question about it. The question is, Cam Johnson's move to the starting lineup has really damaged the Suns' depth on the bench and their ability to put the ball in the basket when that second unit is in there. And there's plenty of time to talk about that. But yeah, in regards to Cam Johnson, Burns, yeah, I would be, I'd be shocked if, no matter how much money he was making, if he didn't take this route to get back yeah, on the court. And the way I framed it, I, I, I wasn't trying to necessarily make it about a money issue. It's just that some guys, security, when they've got though. the security, yeah, but I, I think they recognize, he recognizes we're in the middle of a special little pocket here for the Phoenix Suns, right? A, a special moment where you don't want to, you know, Cam Johnson decides to have the other kind of surgery, the one that puts him out for maybe most, if not all of the regular season. Now suddenly we have to drastically downshift our expectations, unless there's some Kevin Durant type move out there that this team is looking to make and, and not specific to Kevin Durant, but some guy that they're saving their assets for who comes in here and becomes a major acquisition. If, if that doesn't happen and Cam Johnson chooses the longer version of the yeah. recovery here, you're, you're changing all of your, your expectations for the Suns this season. Well, let's just address the elephant in the room. The Chris Paul window, this is probably it, Bernsey. Probably. Probably it for, for winning a championship with this as your core group and Chris Paul as your point guard. Yep. I'm not saying the, the I'm not saying the Booker Bridges Aiton Johnson window is closed, but it's going to have to. They're going to have to. They're going to do some real retooling to keep that that window open. So yeah, I would think that Cam may look at that and say, "Listen, this team's got an outstanding chance to do something really special this year. Let me get back on the court as quickly as possible because, boy, especially with the Crowder situation that we'll get into, I'm sure yeah. later today, they need him more than ever. I, right I now, I do want to mention real quick, and we are going to get in the Crowder situation, but I think this bears mentioning as this was part of Windhorse's story this morning. Um, the timeline is not, he, this is a quote, the timeline is not welcome news for the Suns who are thin at forward with veteran Jay Crowder away from the team until a trade can be worked out. Despite Johnson's injury, there is no change to the situation with Crowder and there are no current plans for him to return to the team, sources said. Close quote. Not surprised, but continued to be disappointed in the way this whole thing has played out. Me too. And we can get into it at length a little bit later on. But I don't understand what has happened here. This whole thing stinks like three-day-old fish. I, 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 Crowder, Crowder is on record saying it has nothing to do with losing his starting job. Uh, but, I mean... Is it because he didn't get a contract extension? You're getting $10 million a year to play basketball on one of the best teams in the NBA? You'd be the starter right now. You'd you'd be the starter for the... Not that you could have foreseen this, but you'd be the starter right now for the next two months. That's why you you show up for work every day, because you don't know what's going to happen. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit later, no doubt, because there's a lot that needs to be said about that. When we come back here on Burns and Gambo with Tim Ring filling in... The Cardinals getting ready to take on the Rams. The Rams, from the outside looking in, look like a team that's dealing with some dysfunction. Offense to defense. Sound kind of familiar? We'll talk about that next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. I don't know if... We got a phrase in our industry we call it the money cut. I don't I've got two cuts here from Jalen Ramsey. If this is what I read him say, then this is the is this the money cut, Mitch? Cut number two is the money cut. 
The money cut. The money cut. <laughs> I learned okay. That, I, I learned that <laughs> phrase from Paul Calvisi all these years ago. What's the money cut? What's the What's the one that tells the story? The I money don't cut. even want to know where he learned that <laughs> or where he took that from. The money cut. Or what gave him the idea. I don't want to know what he's doing in the spare time, that Calvisi. <laughs> the money cut from Jalen Ramsey. He was a little upset on Sunday. That the defense against the Bucks had to go back out there on the field after they had already made a stop, and all they needed was one more first down out of the Rams' offense to force the Bucks to burn all of their timeouts, and the game was in essence over. The Rams didn't get a first down. They gave the ball back to Brady and the Bucks, and despite struggling all game long, Brady had his Brady moment. Finally, it took him all year, but Brady had his Brady moment. He led the Bucks down. And they scored the touchdown, and they won the game against the Rams. Afterwards, Jalen Ramsey was not happy with his offense at all in Los Angeles. Should not have went. I had to go back on the fifth. Gotta have some dogs who gonna go get it. Be like, like we shouldn't come to the sideline after a big stop like that and, and our coaches or the other side or whoever telling us, man, y'all, we gonna need y'all one more time. We're gonna need y'all one more time. Like, what the f***? We just, we made a big stop. Turnover on downs with, with a minute and some change left and, and no timeouts for, for nobody. Have some dogs is like man, f- all that we gonna we gonna end this game right now. <laughs> you know, he sounds like one of the callers to the Cardinals post game oh, show. Sure, yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> we just need one stop. They yeah. just got a great stop, and they can't go out there and get a first down. See that dump button right there? That's your probably your best friend during that post game show, right My there, right? Gracious. That little red button right there on the board. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jalen Ramsey telling a hard truth. Eight. Three and out drives by the Rams off. In fact, there was a Jordan Rodriguez of the Athletic who covers the team had this amazing stat that that this season, like forty percent of the time, when the Rams defense is forced a three and out, the Rams offense has followed with a three and out. Like forty percent of the time, this is happening to that Rams offense. Which, which I mean, look, we, the Cardinals. I'm not trying to make it sound like the Cardinals don't have any problems because obviously they do. They are playing a very flawed defending Super Bowl champ this week, who has their number. The Rams distinctly have the Cardinals number and have ever since Sean McVay and Cliff Kingsbury showed up. But this is a very flawed football team the Cardinals are playing this week. You know, it's funny. I I think about the Rams and the Cardinals and. We're guilty of this in the media, and fans are too, to a certain extent. You focus on the quarterbacks, and you focus on the wide receivers and all the shiny objects, and so many football people, old school football people, what do they, what do they tell you? It starts up front, boys. It starts up front. And everybody, oh, yeah, okay, blah, blah, anybody, blah, blah. No. Hey, listen. What the Cardinals are going through right now, in part, that offensive line. The health of that offensive line right now has not been good. And not for nothing, although Cody Ford was a a late summer acquisition from the Bills and maybe a step up from Max Garcia, when when Rodney Hudson's not out there, you're you're seeing why Billy Price was available on the street when he was. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's 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 not a knock on Billy Price. It's it's just a knock on the situation the Cardinals have found themselves in. And Bernsey, you have to be able to protect the quarterback, and you have to be able to run the football. And for the Rams, you may have Sean McVay, one of the best offensive minds in the game. You may have Cooper Cup, one of the best wide receivers in the game. You may have Matthew Stafford, a guy who won a Super Bowl last year for you. If you can't protect those guys and you can't block, you are not going to move the football. And the Rams right now are decimated on that offensive of line. Oh, yeah. With the retirement of Andrew Whitworth and then the injuries they've incurred and 
much like the Cardinals, they have not assessed the depth of the offensive line sufficiently through the draft. Now, for the Cardinals, there are different reasons. For the Rams, they trade all their picks. Yeah. Less need. Bleak them picks. Bleak them picks. Bleak them picks. Right? So you almost want to say, hey, Jalen Ramsey, maybe the reason why there's no depth is because they traded all their picks for you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, you do. You know? No, uh, no, I I had the exact same reaction. It's like, okay, Jalen, appreciate the rant, appreciate the leadership and all that stuff. You understand the reason why this team doesn't have any players is because they're... offered up two firsts and a second for Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers, the Rams did. I mean, they were taking them, that whole bleep them picks thing to, it's like, really, no, truly, bleep them picks. Let's just go get more guys and have less draft picks. And Burns, it's tough to argue with the bleep them picks uh, strategy. When it, they just well, won a Super Bowl, I know. But, you, but you see, then it's like kind of like when you when you max out your credit card, hmm. eventually you got to pay that debt. And right now, the Rams' lack of depth on the offensive line is costing them football games. And you could say the same thing about the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams' offense right now, Dave. Let me give you just give you two two statistics that will blow your mind when you're talking about McVay, Cup, and Matthew Stafford, and and good running backs too, mind you. They're 31st in the league in yards per game. Mm-hmm. They're next to last, mm-hmm. and they're 20. 28th in the league in scoring. At last check, those are two pretty important statistics for your offense. Yards and points. And they're the worst in the league. Okay, hold on. That's good. I'm not trying to one-up you, I swear. Because I want you to keep coming back, filling in for Gamba whenever you're available. I'm not trying to one-up you. I saw a stat about the Rams offense today that blew my mind. Okay, they had as many punts as they had first downs. Okay, that's not the stat that blows my mind. Okay, it's so bad that when you add up first downs, punts, and total yards... In Sunday's game, their loss to the Bucks. Not even Jeff Fisher's Rams team ever had a day as bad as Sean McVay's Rams team did when it came to that many punts, that few of first downs, that less yards. Not one Jeff Fisher team. I'm not going seven and nine. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. Jeff Fisher also didn't have nine punts, nine first downs, and 210 yards or less of offense. It's, it's remarkable. And it actually so, it actually makes you think that the Cardinals could ever, you know, to use the old phrase, clean up their act. And I mean that sincerely because right now they, it's just it's it's sometimes outside of the offensive line with the Cardinals uh, is it so much a talent issue, but just a really sloppy operational football issue with the penalties and the yeah. play clocks and the fumbles and the botched snaps. Like if you could clean that up, maybe the Rams are are vulnerable that you could actually go out and win a game. And maybe you'd still be on life support, but at least there'd be some shred of hope in that Cardinals locker room to get that win on Sunday. Which leads me into my next question. All right. And our, we have our poll question coming up in a few minutes. We're basically asking the same question. This might seem dumb given that the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, but who would you rather be right now? Who would you, a team that. Yeah, you got a Super Bowl championship, but you've got an old quarterback. You have no draft picks. You have an incredibly top-heavy roster that's just crumbling on itself right now. Or would you rather be the Cardinals, a team that may make a coaching change at the end of the season, may go through a complete regime change at the end of the season? We don't know. We're not sure how this is all going to turn out. But you have a quarterback who who's still young and in the past has at least shown you things. Who would you, given what we've seen... I mean, the Rams right now, they're going to say, okay, here's, here's another, since we're throwing out numbers here, I'll throw this one out. The Rams right now are the eighth defending Super Bowl champ to be under 500 through eight games. None of the other prior seven teams made the playoffs. 
they very likely might not make the playoffs barring some sort of miraculous second half of the season. Yeah. Who would you rather be? Well, I got to tell you, it's, to me, all right, you're, let, me, let me give you, let me give you a, a story. You're Dave Burns. You're, what high school did you go to? Corona del Sol. You're coming out of Corona del Sol. You're an All-American football player. Go Aztecs. You, you, you've, got, you've got a couple of scholarship offers. One scholarship offer from Cliff Kingsbury, one from Sean McVay. Which school are you going to? All things being equal, and I, I just—I'm going I, to the Sean McVay school. I, I just because if you're asking which you'd rather be right now, I'd rather be with the coach who's. If you're a fan base, who would you rather be in terms of putting your faith in for future success? Are you going to go with the guy who's been to two Super Bowls, or are you going to go with the guy who's might be on the cusp of losing his job yeah. at some point, and, and, who can't seem to win meaningful football games late in season? I know it's I like I get it. It's not. It's a, it's kind of a silly question. Like uh, you you think about it, you frame it that way, and you go, okay, yeah, obviously. I, I only asked it because things are historically bad for the Rams right now. I mean, just awful. Uh, no answers. No, they're they're. You mentioned injuries on the on the offensive line. They're going in their ninth, potentially their ninth different version of their offensive line this year with the with the injuries that they've had. We'll talk more about that coming up yep. in a bit. When we come back, Tim Ring filling in for Gambo. The Suns are without Cam Johnson. Boy, they're going to need a little more than what they offered up last night. We'll talk Suns basketball and the Sixers next here on Arizona Sports. The Burns and Gambo need to know. Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we got uh, Mr. Ruby here with us on this uh, election day, by the way. Hey, it's Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, that's later. That's a little, we actually have a special song. Oh, it's, you do? But it's not Ruby Tuesday. We it's election have, Tuesday. It's, but no, I mean, we, we, we play a song that's not Ruby Tuesday. At 2.30. To celebrate it being a Ruby Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. We, it's, it's, a, we, it's a thing, Tim. It's a thing. I, I don't know. It's just a lot of moving parts. This is the chemistry when right. you have the moving parts on the O-line, man. Come on. People moving in and out. I don't know that's what's right. going on. Where's that's the communication? Right. Mitch, Mitch is snapping it over my head, and I got I got false hey, start. Listen, I'm happy. Update for, guy over here. I'm happy for you guys, or I'm sorry that it happened. What, <laughs> I just need you guys to what, calm down. <laughs> Calm the bleep down. Okay, okay, Oh, Kyler. now this is in like a marriage. Come oh, on, okay, guys. Kyler. Seriously. Which is good that Mitch plays the Kyler role, because Mitch is about five feet, eight inches tall. Oh, my so gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's the Kyler Murray of the men's flag football league uh-huh. in Ahwatukee. Sorry, I can't see over the board. Can you say that again? Uh, I was going to make that joke. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of jokes, guys, uh, the bottom of the NFC West, not looking too great. In fact, uh, this stat from uh, Football Outsiders, Percentage chances to win the NFC West. The Rams are sitting at 2.9%. The Cardinals at a feisty 0.2%. So we had to ask the question. For this season only, yes, this season only, would you rather be the Rams or the Cardinals going forward? For this season only? This season only. Okay, I, I almost think I'd rather be the Cardinals. Only because I don't have to live up to being a defending Super Bowl champ that's this bad. But at least they have that championship. I know, right, but at least yeah. they have that. Yeah. Can yeah. I get can I get back to you Sunday night? No, I'm around sorry. Five twenty five. Does the winner, does the winner dictate this? <laughs> does the winner the winner dictate this? I mean, listen. It doesn't look like either team is heading anywhere. 
I guess if there's a, if there's a chance a team turns it around, I'm going to go back to uh, I'll go with the best defensive player in the league and one of the best head coaches in the league. And I mean, if we're asking this, I don't think either team is going, going anywhere. anywhere. But in terms like, of that, to yeah, answer right, your right. question directly, who would I? Put my faith in, or who would I quote unquote rather be? I, I, again, I would, I would, I would lean towards McVay, Donald, Cup, and Stafford. Yeah, still rather be the defending Super Bowl champs. What's our audience? Say that is the vibes in the valley. In fact, sixty-eight point five percent. Despite a bad season for the defending champs, they'd still rather be LA. That means thirty-one point five percent rolling with the Cardinals. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it on the Burns and Gamble Twitter page. I just want to say this before we get any further. The the Kyler Murray height joke that's beneath me. I apologize for that. I didn't mean to do that. That's yeah, just, it is kind of beneath. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not trying to make a pun or anything. It really is actually beneath me. I didn't mean to do that, so I apologize. I don't. I don't care how tall the guy is. Doesn't matter to me. So, so I apologize. I didn't mean to say that. That came out, and it shouldn't. Apologizing have come out. to Kyler or to Mitch? Uh, to both. <laughs> okay. To both, because did, did, height did, height jokes are not are not. That's not what I'm about. So that's that's. I didn't mean to do that. It just came out. That's right, Dave. You're forgiven. My apologies. Did Kyler, did Kyler text you? No, he did not. Okay. No, it's <laughs> internal. Yeah, it's internal. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, it is internal. Here's what. It's not internal, and that is what happened to the Phoenix Suns last Booker night. Booker on the handle. Thought about the three. Instead, drives the lane, scoops it up. No. Thought he was contact there with Paul Reed. No call again. Melton the other way quickly to Niang. Left wing three. Yes. George Niang, a man on fire. Seven of nine from downtown. 88 points, the lowest outpoint, uh, output, I should say, for the Suns in some time. They lose to the Sixers to open up a, a four-game road trip. Tim, Tim rings in for Gambo today. And and to watch that game, I mean, it was very obvious. Chris Paul goes out. I mean, it's not that he's been super aggressive looking for his shot anyway. But Mikel hasn't been super aggressive looking for his shot. He was very quiet offensively in that game. DeAndre Eaton left with the ankle because it looked like he tweaked it. He came back. He didn't play very well when he came back. Man, it was the Devin Booker show out there in some ways in more ways than one. He played 43 minutes? 44 minutes, maybe. In last and night's game. He was a, one, he was a one-man gang. Yeah, he, he was a one-man offensive gang, and that's not good enough to beat a lot of teams. You got yeah. Batman needs a Robin, mm-hmm. and maybe even a little more than that. Always and needs a, a Robin. girl and a, and a... And a Commissioner Gordon. And a Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> Everybody yeah. else who helped Batman along the way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's only one game. So the old saying goes, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But having watched one game now, and again, you, know, you look at this through a prism with Jay Crowder. This is where the Crowder thing now really comes back to bite you. Because he eroded your depth even with Cam Johnson on the roster. Now with Cam out, everybody slides up. And in basketball, winning basketball teams have not only talented players, but they have players who have defined roles and they excel within those roles. And I look at a guy like Torrey Craig, who does a lot of good things for the Suns off the bench. Now, he's not the shooter Cam was coming off the bench last year, and I think that might be a problem. But Torrey Craig still does a lot of nice things that help you win basketball games. But when he slid into the starting lineup and you're asking him to essentially replace Cam Johnson, obviously that's not going to happen. He's not even close to the shooter that Cam Johnson 
is. And when the Suns offense tries to function without a Cam Johnson, you saw a lot of bottlenecked drives oh, yeah. in that lane. And I think it allows defensive uh teams to sag a little bit more because you don't have to worry about Cam Johnson being out there. So you notice when Booker and Bridges and Paul, Dave, went to the hole last night in the first half when they still had a shot to win that game, a lot of traffic, a lot of balls getting slapped away, a lot of passes getting deflected, and more so you're losing really that because Chris Paul's no longer, at least right now, the second scorer on this team. Cam Johnson was developing into that role as the second scorer, the Robin, if you will, to Booker's Batman. So you take him out. Chris Paul's, again, an ineffective scorer last night before leading the game, leaving the game. The pathway to victory without Cam Johnson, DeAndre Ayton and Mikel Bridges have to go above and beyond no doubt. what they normally do in putting the ball in the basket. No doubt. And that did not happen last no. night. And no. I'll even give you numbers. They got to score at least 20 points, maybe more, for this team to go out on the road and beat a somewhat decent basketball team because Devin Book, unless Booker's going to go for 60, which could happen, or go for 50 and have one of those kind of nights, he's going to need some substantial help from Bridges and DeAndre Ayton as those second and third primary scorers. Yeah. And last night, it wasn't like they played terribly, but they played, you know, their, their normal to below average offensive game. And that can't happen, especially now when Cam Johnson's out and you're not getting the scoring you used to get out of Chris Paul. Yeah, look, I, I uh, two numbers that really stand out to me, and I was listening to our guy Kellen talk about this a little bit earlier, and, and number 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 one that stands out to me is the 43 and a half minutes that Devin Booker played. That just, we, we can't, we can't have that. Okay, we, uh, okay, one night you want to do that because Chris Paul goes out and you want to, you want to play max minutes like that because you're chasing a win, especially when you cut it to five in the third quarter the way you did. Okay, Okay, but you you cannot in this Cam Johnsonless time run Devin Booker out there forty minutes a game, forty one minutes a game. We just we can't. And number two, all right, and this number is a little more obscure, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. It's nine point five. Nine point five is the number of shot attempts that Mikel Bridges is attempting on average so far this season. No Cam Johnson for a month and a half. That's got to go up. That's got to go up. I mean, his career high is 10 and a half a year ago. It's got to be higher than that. Mikel Bridges has to shoot the basketball more. He has to become more of an offensive threat. It might not be his jam. It might not be what he's good at. We keep hearing how much better he's getting at it. Mikel Bridges has to be a more willing attempter, for lack of a better way of putting it. You know, he's got to be more aggressive on the he, offensive end. He just has yeah. to. He just has to. And last night, because if he's not, then Devin Booker kind of looks around and is like, okay, I guess it's on me. I guess I better go go drive the basket every single play in the third quarter and get my body beat to hell and get to the line because I'm looking around. Who the hell else is going to do it on this roster? Not anybody right now. It's got to be me, and that can't work. No, and it's getting DeAndre Aiden's got to step up, too. And Aiden's got to be more of a factor late in games when they're close, either. I know that's usually Devin Booker, Booker and CP3 time, uh, but De- uh, DeAndre Aiden's got to be got to be a guy that you can at least dump the ball into in the final five minutes of a game, and he can go get you a bucket. And that really hasn't been his jam in his NBA career. He's been more of a, of a, of a first-half, first-three-quarters type scorer, and then you know, down in the final crunch time minutes, the Suns perimeter players take over. Now, part of the problem for Aiton last night is he was going against a monster. Yes. I mean, that boy, does did, not help. did you, I mean, we, we only face Embiid a couple of times a year, obviously, and then we get a chance to watch him when he's on national TV. But 
I mean, I was taken back even watching the game. Just the, the, DeAndre Ayton's a big guy, right? He's thin, but he's a big guy. Joel Embiid just physically superior to DeAndre Ayton. I mean, it, it was remarkable. Almost unguardable. To watch that. Yeah, almost unguardable. I, I, he's a monster. He's a monster. And, and Ayton was having some trouble playing his game last night yeah. because of the presence of Embiid. Fortunately, you don't have to face an Embiid each and every night out in the National Basketball Association. So I expect more out of DeAndre Ayton going forward in the absence of uh, Cam Johnson. Text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line It's open for you right now at 620-620. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, perhaps the weirdest reasoning for why a candidate was made an interim head coach was made by the Colts during a late night press conference last night. What exactly is going on in Indianapolis? We'll talk a little general NFL next. Burns and Gambo, Tim Ring in for Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. He doesn't have that that fear, and there was no other candidate. We were fortunate that he was available. Maybe the most interesting rationale I've ever heard in my entire life for why a coach was hired. We were fortunate that he was available. He was coaching high school. Yeah. And doing ESPN. He was, yeah, he was. He had nothing else to do. Available. Oh my god! Thank God, Jeff Saturday is there. Um, it sounds yeah. like it, it sounds like most GMs after the draft. We can't believe this guy was available. <laughs> just once, <laughs> just once. I'd like to hear a general manager in draft go. You know what? We actually wanted this other guy, but yeah. you know, we had to settle yeah, this for guy, this guy. This guy, yeah. You know, on a, on our board, he was. You know, oh yeah, we had him rated as one of our five best players on the board. We got him in the seventh round, but man, we loved him. We loved him, one of our five best in the entire draft, and we got him in the seventh round. I tell you, Bernsey, there's there's fallout those for, for fallout from this Saturday deal. Like this is this is something that's having repercussions around the league with the black head coach or the black coaching community, no doubt, very vocally uh, upset and rightfully so with something like like this. And a friend of mine lives in the Valley, played football at, at the University of Arizona. Uh, his dad was a longtime offensive coordinator in the league, also a, a black offensive coordinator in the league who never got a shot. Um, he was talking about, like, when this thing went down, it's like, no matter what the coach, coaching staff with the Colts that remain, what they say publicly, this is not going to fly with them. They're going to they're be livid. Of course. Zero respect. They're going to be, th- what a Mickey Mouse operation. Here we are, longtime head, or longtime coaches in this league that have been doing it the right way, know how the league operates from a coaching staff standpoint, and you're going to give the keys to a guy just because he played? Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the disdain that's going through the Colts remaining assistants right now is probably palpable no matter what they say when the microphones and the and the pads and pencils are out. I mean, honestly, it's hearing you talk, and it's different. But I, I think of the Earl Watson debacle for the Phoenix Suns. Not different, you know, because Watson wasn't like a, a six-time All-Star with the Phoenix Suns. You no, know, and, not, he, and he but, wasn't coaching at... 
Corona del Sol either. I mean, he was yeah, he was, it, he was you know technically floating around the league, but there was or or even like a Lindsey Hunter situation where that like, might be a better one, and that might be the bet. Like, okay, wait a minute, you've got this guy on staff, and you got that guy on staff. You got Dan Marley sitting right there, you know, three seats down from Alvin. J. You've got all these guys you can turn to, and that's the guy you're going to put in charge of coaching the basketball team. And it was you're right, it was more of a Lindsey Hunter thing than it was a Earl Watson thing, but but just the idea that and, and and it's not just I mean you look at the staff, I mean there are guys you know Gus Bradley used to be a head coach in this league they bypassed him John Fox used to be a head coach in this league they bypassed him there's a former CFL head coach on staff they bypassed him an up and coming guy that they bypassed they, they didn't have one guy on staff who had ever called an offensive play on set like one of the first things that come out was who's going to call plays. On Sunday for the Colts, because you don't have one guy on your staff who's ever done. They announced today who it was going to be. That's some young, some young kid who's yeah, never done it before, done it obviously. Before, and you know, has a few years as a quarterbacks coach, and was at a few small colleges before that. But okay, good for him. You know, I talked about I talked about my buddy who, who played at U of A, but Robert Griffin the third RG three was becoming you know pretty prominent broadcaster in his own right. Mm-hmm. It echoed the exact same thing. And Griffin tweeted earlier today, lots of tiptoeing around the Jeff Saturday hiring for the Colts. Jeff was a blast to work with at ESPN, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a head cra- uh, scratching slap in the face to every coach on that staff. Stephen A. Smith will be coaching the Nets next. <laughs> now, forget the last line. But again, it's that same thing. It's, it's, it's the slap in the face to the coaching staff that's already there. And, and what kind of dysfunctional now coaching room and locker room are you going to have? It's just everything about it is bizarre. And you know what? And, and not to get too, like, you and I are like forever media guys, right? We've been doing this since our teens, our early 20s, right? So I, I don't want to get like too media into this. But what an odd situation for anybody who works at ESPN because they probably all know him. They probably all like him, right? I don't want to say they all like him, but I'm sure they've come to respect him as a broadcaster and, and hey, whatever. And then to be put in that situation where you have to say, I like the guy, but dot, dot, dot. What the hell are we doing, right? Like I, I saw Lewis Riddick yesterday tweeted something just like what are we, what's going on here like like and, and I'm sure he probably even said later man I like Jeff Saturday I've known him we've worked together for years but what exactly so the position that even ESPN football guys were put in having a comment on how unusual it is that Jeff Saturday would get that and then Saturday for what it's worth at the introductory press conference he's almost got this kind of bewildered hey look y'all I get it I I, I understand I'm not even so sure I can do this job myself kind of vibe that he's right. given off the whole thing like he just won powerball yeah, hey uh, it's just so weird and then to say what the, the soundbite we played at the beginning to have Ursay say hey i i he's not scared i'm glad he doesn't have head coaching experience it doesn't mean that his mind is going to get warped by analytics you know well good luck hiring the next guy whose mind is warped by analytics who's not going to want your job because you right. think that his mind has been warped by analytics you know good good luck good luck finding the next guy who wants to be your next head coach he's just basically blasted the entire profession i'm glad he's doing reliance on analytics good right. job jim way I'm, to go i'm glad he doesn't do any homework i'm glad he doesn't know what he's the hell he's talking about i'm glad he doesn't study actual facts <laughs> He just goes with the gut. You know, that's great. We don't want his brain. We want his gut and all of this. Like, come on, dude. Seriously. Par- Parks Frazier, 30 years of age, yeah, will call the, the plays. 
Parks played quarterback at Murray State. Now, not that that matters. A lot of great offensive coaches can go to small schools and play at small schools. No big deal there. Uh, He's been an assistant to the head coach and an assistant quarterback coach for a few years with Indy before that uh, at Arkansas State, at Middle Tennessee State, and at Samford University in a low-level coaching position. So that's who they're turning the keys over to play calling with this weekend. And Jeff Saturday is going to be out there, and he's going to be swimming in it. Yeah, he's he's probably just going to sit back and let his assistants do everything once the the ball is kicked. Uh, and Sam Ellinger is still going to start at court. It's still a mess. I mean, and look, if you really want to talk about what's wrong with that football team, Andrew Luck retired, and they've been hosed ever since. I mean, that's, it's, that's it. I mean, it's just, and they tried Phillip Rivers. No, they tried Matt Ryan. No, they've, they tried five or six different guys. None of them have worked out. Andrew Luck, not to blame him, but when he, I could, that was such a surprising day in the end. I can still remember exactly where I was when I got the notification on my phone that Andrew Luck had retired. It was like, what? What? Andrew, Andrew Luck? Like, 29, 30 year old Andrew Luck. It's still eight years of his career. Andrew Luck, he just retired. He's done. That's it. He's not going to play anymore. Yeah. They... Reminiscent of when Barry Sanders retired out of the blue and when Michael Jordan retired out of the blue the first time. Not that Andrew Luck's on their level, yep. but it was that kind of wow. Like, are you kidding me? Brother? Tomorrow night, the spotlight is on. It's going to be bright. We're all going to be watching. What version of the Cardinals will we see because of it? That's coming up next. Tim Ring in for Gambo here on the Burns and Gambo Show.